All right, everybody, welcome back once again to Tittle Time. I do apologize. It's been a while since the last uh, little update here, you know, on the voice, voice ting here on the podcast. Uh, yeah, it's been a minute. Um, but yeah, greetings. Greetings from the edge of reality. All right. Greetings from China's famous St. Lawrence wet market. That's right. <laughs> it has been a while since the last pod. Welcome back once again. Uh, yeah, your boy's been busy doing some tings. I, I didn't. I didn't look up what the last date I was of with uh, the last upload, but I assume it was probably in August. Um, so that is too long for sure. I meant to have this thing be uh, bi-monthly with one uh, solo voice-only, audio-only podcast, and one uh, video podcast. I did record a video podcast that is not available online as of yet. I uh, got my my boy Cole uh, filmed it, and I guess he's, uh, as you know, as somebody that edits video, I totally understand uh, the latency and trying to actually get it all, because it always seems like so easy, right, when you try to, you know, I'm going to shoot it and chop it, I'm going to have it out this week. You ain't going to have it out this week. You ain't never going to have it up. <laughs> That's just the way it works. I was actually, uh, I just finished working on some shit that I, you know, I, I my my buddy uh, Benji, who I do the, the rollerblade shit with, he was even saying like, man, you've been talking about putting this edit out since I met you. And ain't that the truth? And that was, you know, two, two and a bit years ago. Uh, but I was working on it and trying to get out some of the, the backlog of footage of rollerblading footage videos that I do have. I'm trying to put that out. And uh, yeah, I actually finally am, am, am fucking with that shit and, and I'm start to, starting to try to get it done. I mean, that's the point, right? But uh, yeah, that's a bit of a sidebar. But um, yeah, so so as far as, yeah, editing video goes, so I understand my man Cole. If, if Cole is having, um, you know, he, listen, Cole very much like myself enjoys enjoys a good party you know so uh, my heart goes out to you and uh we're our prayers are with you you know uh, as we try to just to keep up you know with with the pace of day-to-day -day life such as it is uh so yeah looking forward to that video podcast uh i know i've been saying this for months I, again i apologize but it's coming out soon we're gonna do it we're, we're gonna do the damn thing um, when it does finally come out, you know, it'll basically, basically be like a pilot, you know, like some of the first, uh, Seinfeld episodes where he was, uh, like the way they edited it, the, there was like way more stand up in the original Seinfeld episodes. I think it was more than just the pilot. The pilot was pretty wild in, in contrast to the ent entirety of the show, but such is the nature of a pilot, you know, a pi that's what a pilot's supposed to be. A lot of other examples I could say, but yeah, it's like, um, you know, the way Seinfeld had these bunch of a bunch of sections, you know, in, in throughout the episode where he would put some of they would put some of his stand up in there in the editing. And, um, you know, that, that that didn't make it into later seasons, later episodes, that uh, it's something that they sort of phased out, which I guess is that's what life is. Right. It's just a matter of self editing and, and learning and relearning and perfection in the pursuit of perfection, not, you know, you can make yourself go insane by trying to achieve perfection. But if you work towards perfection, humbly, honestly, perhaps that's the best way to go about it, you know. So anyway, 
Back to stand up for you, boy. Uh, yeah, finally got back on, on the mic, which I am on a mic right now, but I'm talking about doing stand up comedy. Uh, went, went and did like a kind of open mic, you know, shout out to open Michael. Yeah. I did one of those. Apparently they're, they're, uh, you know, a, a Patriot without a flag <laughs> right now. They don't have a venue. So I hope they find a venue for sure. Um, and that, you know, I did one there and then that was my first time back after about a year and a half. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was like a, it's like a, it's kind of shitty bar. It, it was kind of confusing because it was called the, uh, local. It was called Etobicoke local. And I kept, I couldn't, I kept fucking it up. I could figure it out when I was trying to search it up, like on Google and, and on maps and shit, because I kept thinking it was like local, like the brand, like the nice, you know, bars that you go to apparently, <laughs> well, apparently, evidently not. Uh, it was just some place called Etobicoke Local, and that's where Open Michael was being hosted that week. And yeah, has his apparently par for the course on any sort of uh, open mic comedy night, especially post-COVID. I performed in front of about, I don't know, between five and 11 comics and no real audience except for two drunks that would stick their head in and stay, say horrible, irrelevant and <laughs> unfunny things uh, to the comics, um, me being one of them. It wasn't the best. It, it wasn't. The, it wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best. Uh, but uh, always appreciative of the opportunity to uh, get on the mic and to you know that I, I, I allowed me to dip my toe back in. It let me allowed me to dip my my feet back in. And to do that, that was a couple weeks ago. And hold on, I gotta open this up. I got I got a tangerine lacroix. And I know for any of you, any of you Americans who are listening, and you're not. Uh, but in spite of that, uh, I'm gonna educate you on point that it's not LaCroix. It's not LaCroix. It's LaCroix. LaCroix. You really got to get that, you know, you got to get that Hebrew hammer, some of the larynx, you got to get them lubricated and ready to go, you know, because they're going to be firing like a piston when you try to say this word. All right. LaCroix. LaCroix. I can't even do it. My mouth is too dry. So smoke weed. But I'll tell you what flavor it is. It's tangerine. Naturally Essence Sparkling Water. I buy this from the Korean uh, convenience store owner. And uh, it's pretty good stuff. Oh, that is Dry Mouth Bane, to use some sort of... <laughs> some, you know, some of that fucking fantasy MMO parlance, I guess, you know. <laughs> Show to, yeah, um, but yeah, man. So, so that was the open. That was just the open mic that I did. And uh, uh, shout out to Matt Duffy, uh, my friend and roommate and cohort. Uh, he brought the friend zone back, which was a great show. That was at uh, Cameron House. Excuse me, I don't know. It's just been so close. I, you know, I apologize if I couldn't remember exactly the fuck it was called but yeah at Cameron House and uh that place has been closed has not announced any reopening. oh I guess they have announced a reopening now but I, I don't know what the fuck they were they were running a barbershop out of the goddamn place for like you know the last year or so it's strange but uh yeah they're gonna reopen soon but that's irrelevant well not irrelevant but definitely sidebar 
this is what weed does to you people. You know, you, you try to hop on, you want to experiment, you want to smoke a little weed, hop on a podcast, see how it goes. It goes. It just doesn't, you know, you feel like you're uh, Fred Flintstone on an oil slick. You know what I mean? You're not going anywhere, but you try, uh, nevertheless. And uh, so the new friend zone uh, being held at Bar Cathedral, the first show I did see on, I believe, October 3rd. No, that was when I was <laughs> damn. I'm fucking. I'm fucked up. Yeah, I thought it was high, but apparently I'm really high. I'm gonna try to write the course, people. Um, but yeah, anyway, did the friend zone Bar Cathedral October third. Uh, it was really good. Uh, Quinn C. Martin, uh, the homie, my friend, and my favorite comic, or at least one of them, uh, headlined, and uh, it was the return of the co- uh, the competition format. Which meant that uh, it was your boy, uh, Tittle T, uh, a.k.a. TJ Edwards, was performing on the same show as several other amateur comics, competing for the number one spot, uh, trying to get the bag, you know, because, I mean, it, it usually it costs money to do comedy. So anytime you can at least, you know, get a half a bag, yeah, that'd be nice. But uh, that's just that that's the nature of the beast. But anyway, it was an amazing show. A lot of fun. The first one was fucking amazing, by the way. Uh, whatever fucking date that was, I can't remember. But uh, the show I was on, October 3rd, Bar Cathedral, uh, which is right adjacent to the Spaghetti Factory. Um, Esplanade on the Esplanade. Yeah, it was fucking sick, man. It was fun. Uh, I tried to prepare as much as I could. It had been like a year and a half at least since I had done a real show and only did one got on the mic one time uh, since that. And not that this is like the hugest boost or whatever, but I think uh, in spite of that, I prepared adequately. And um, no, was it my best set ever? No. Was it a fucking, you know, did did I win? No. Uh, Was it objectively incredible? No, not at all. Uh, But the really started off good. I think that was the, that's my opinion and the consensus. And just, you know, my set, I... I, it was all brand new. That's what I should say in my defense is that it was all brand new material. Uh, wrote it that week based on, you know, I, I have this whole new kind of process. I'm always trying to re- refine my writing process to be able to figure this shit out. Because, no, I don't think I'm going to be famous in three years like a Quincy Martin, you know, in 2005. Shout out. But uh, I'm hoping that somehow I can put it together. And if I am, it would be only through... Uh, persistence, structure, efficiency, pursuit of efficiency and excellence. Uh, like, uh, say what you want, but yeah, like I, like around my dad, um, you know, he's got that CEO gene, of course, but um, he also, like his main thing is excellence. Like it's a bit annoying sometimes because he's always just following people like Lewis Hamilton and, uh, you know, Tiger Woods and, like who, uh, Tom Brady, whoever's the best in their sport. It's just this constant, like almost, hom- you know, homosexual obsession. And I, I totally get it, but it's, um, you know, so it's both. So I, 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 fe- I feel like, uh, no, I, I know for a fact that I'm not good at comedy now. I, I like this is all just an exercise. And it's just all in this thought that, um, I, well, for one thing, it frankly just, I ain't going to be working for no corporation anytime soon. But I guess in the end, that's untrue because you always do end up uh, sucking on the lactating teat of uh, the corporate world, you know, such as such as man, that's a detour. Hell of that. Um, 
yeah, how did, I, how did I even get onto that fucking subject, you know? Talking about fucking friend zone and process and writing process and life and all this bullshit. That's, I mean, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's fucked, man. I gotta get back to what's important. Yeah. <laughs> Point being, I don't know what is important. But anyway, yeah, Bar Cathedral, October 3rd. That was a lot of fun. Um, tomorrow, I just want to go ahead and plug this. Um, Cheap Friday Comedy. I will be performing on Cheap Friday Comedy, which is held at Toronto Style Bar, which is in the in the junction. All right. You can go ahead and follow Lewis Moulds on Instagram and uh, your boy Tittle T, of course. And it's not my show, but it's Lewis's show. He's uh, This is his whole thing, man. Uh, Friday night. Uh, he's doing it at Toronto Style Bar. Cheap Friday Comedy. It's $8, which I did. I figured this out. He he kind of teased this in the in the graphic, but he he's he's English. He's from England, and he put all these five five pound notes, <laughs> all these graphics of five pound notes on the screen. You know, like five pound five quid, as they would say, things. And I think that the the, the generally accepted exchange rate, I'm sure, is around eight dollars Canadian. So very cheeky, very cute there. Shout out to Lewis Moulds hosting the show. Can't wait for that. And by the way, putting the whole the whole thing in there, uh, vote PPC, you know, in the show. <laughs> What's that about? But vote PPC, because what, what are we going to do? Vote for a bunch of religious, you know, white people that want to. Anyway, I don't know. I don't even want to get into politics at all, but <laughs> vote PPC. it's just cute. It's it's cheeky. I like it. Yeah, it's a good thing, man. But yeah, walking home uh, the other day, I seen um, I seen a little bit of a call it graffiti, call it what you will, uh, but it said no pipelines on stolen land. Just let that sit for a sec. <laughs> no pipelines on stolen land. Okay, so the. <laughs> The land was stolen. Right. But can we can we put a pipeline on it? No. They say no. Okay. So how are we gonna power the cars? Alright, how are we gonna power uh, the trucks? Uh the generators. How are we gonna facilitate infrastructure? Right? To to some of these places that are often remote and usually underserviced in terms of utilities. But no. No pipelines on stolen land. But can we just put one? Can we just get one little one? Like it would help you. Like because that's that's what it always comes down to. If you're hearing about it in the news, the truth is is that it looks good for us to talk about this story and it makes us money. <laughs> So you could be sure of that, right? Anyway, I wrote that down thinking that was more complex and interesting than it was, but it ain't. <laughs> no pipelines on stolen land. Can we, you know, since it's all said and done, can we go ahead and grease a couple of pockets and shit? You know, oh my God, that was a horrible impression of... Uh... <laughs> I've been watching a lot of Sopranos lately, so I can't help it. Sorry, guys. I'm trying to warm up 
to Many Saints of Newark, which I which I am going to watch. If for no other reason uh, than the fact that Joey Diaz is in it, my boy, uh, my boy, <laughs> like I said, about him. Tangerine Lacroix. Oh, scrumptious. Yeah, they really do make it seem like the fruit is jumping out of the can into your post-nasal drip. It's the remix to Ignition. No, I ain't gonna do that to people. But, man, another thing. Again, I, I, I mean, it makes sense that the styles from the 2000s, the early 2000s or, or whatever it is, are going to come back. But I guess I didn't predict this whole thing about girls wearing leather jackets, uh, like like NSYNC, looking like NSYNC, like baggy leather jackets. You know, they're like, let me show you the shape of my heart. Right? <laughs> like, so I swear to God, somewhere Joey Fatone is just kicking himself. Just saying, you know, I may be the least talented member of NSYNC, but <laughs> you can't take my, t I want, you know, I want mailbox money for that motherfucker, you know, I want mailbox money for that oversized leather jacket on you bitches, you know, some of you fuckboy bitches. Fuckboy bitches, that's a new hashtag. <laughs> Fuck with your boy on that one. Man, that's some wildness. Just this past week, uh, this comic, Ali Maui, shout out to him. Very funny guy, actually. But at the open mic I was at, he said, I look like Anderson Cooper if he was a bottom. And I, the only question I had was, I thought Anderson Cooper was a bottom. But maybe I had it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was an interesting open mic. Yeah, feeling like Lisa Lampanelli out there. You know what I mean? And man, this, as far as COVID goes now to to this point, COVID really makes the two thousand eight financial crisis look like the age of innocence. Like. <laughs> <laughs> anything i mean it's just the whole thing has accelerated so much where you used to be able to i guess i mean i'm estimating this because i'm only 30 years old as of now but you look back and anyway i i, I guess i just realized this is a fucking i'm making a boomer point <laughs> I actually i wrote down a note like i was gonna elucidate this whole shit and just talk about this it ain't that interesting and now i feel like my fucking i don't even feel like my dad i feel like a grandfather 2.0 you know <laughs> that's some, man i'm like trashing a whole bunch of bits that i wrote down see this is funny i normally don't smoke this much weed before i do the pod uh, so this is a different flavor for you people so you know whether you like it or not you can let me know <laughs> but this is definitely a different take on uh tittle time uh <laughs> man uh, in, in in this week's news or last week's news, R. Kelly is getting uh, locked up for real this time. And all I got to say is he better have soap on a Fort Knox. Fuck soap on a rope. I mean, <laughs> soap on a rope ain't going to cut it. You better have that soap on a Fort Knox. You know, you better have a couple of luggage 
uh, fucking <laughs> couple of luggage locks on that bitch. You know, the shit that you could probably break with a kitchen knife. <laughs> but people uh, <laughs> believe that they'll be saved somehow. I think in future, probably smoke less weed before the pod. But anyway, <laughs> I got to try to execute some some bits here before this closes up, before uh, before I get doxxed, you know. But man, I'm telling you, it's like. <sighs> okay, give me one second. I ain't driving nothing that I gotta stick the keys in. Brand new whip, got no keys. You know, there's all these, all these rap songs that try to talk about how the the, the rapper, whatever rapper in question whoever it may be, every song has this thing where they talk about how their car has no keys. If you drive a triple figure car, if you drive a three figure car, whether it be $100,000 all the way up to $500,000, if you drive one of these cars and all these rappers do, what I want to know is how you can expect us people to believe or to care that you have a keyless car. A keyless car is an absurdity. It's a, it's a ridiculous premise. It's in 2021, which it is for a few more months. In 2021, your car's keyless. I would have assumed that. I really I I could have I could have mapped that out. All right, your car's keyless. It doesn't require a physical key in order for you to unlock or ignite the engine. No physical key. That means no metal-on-metal metal contact for you to start your car. I'm shocked. I mean, what the fuck is this, man? You know, like, my, my mom had a 2009 Honda Civic that had keyless entry, keyless ignition. And that, it was a basic option at that time, you know? And it's 2021, and you're telling me that your six-figure car is is pushed to start? Like, I knew this, man. I knew this. And all this in a time when we got this guy like Dan Sir down there uh, in Mexico. He's got this whole thing where he he, he had implants put into his scalp so that he could wear gold rope chains and shit from his scalp it looks like hair it looks like some crazy ass hair and shit and just so it could be blingy apparently he was the first rapper on planet earth that was able to have this procedure carried out on him successfully and this is exceptional obviously he's the first you know he's the first the thing is like the <laughs> the the fucking cartels you know like i heard that the, the sinaloa was <laughs> The Sinaloa cartel was about to bust into his compound and use him as a, a sex slave. I don't even know where I was going with that. But I tell you what, if the, if, if, if the drug cartels in Mexico want to, you know, if they want to sell Dancer, this rapper, the way they would sell a Haas avocado to America, I say all the power to them. Why not, man? It's incredible. And 
you know, this whole, uh, my car is keyless. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Your million dollar car doesn't require keys. I fucking knew, I know this, man. Right? Like, I would assume this because it's not as if you're, your Swiss automatic, your Patek or whatever, your Patek Philippe, you know, all this bullshit, your crazy Swiss watch. It's an automatic Swiss watch. You don't have to tell me in your songs that it doesn't require batteries. I assume that. Like, I, I assumed that your Swiss automatic watch didn't require batteries. So, great job so far. Uh, stating the obvious is an art form. And such is life. You know, um, your car's keyless. You know, for all the things that some of these rappers will tell you in a song that are just overly, obtusely specific to think that they would take the time out of their busy day to tell you that that they didn't plug a piece of chrome steel into a nickel-plated vagina that is an old-school key ignition. And yeah, I went there. I went there. But man, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, one of my favorites. I really like Mike Tyson. I uh, always did. Uh, I'm not going to... I'd be rehashing shit just to go into his whole his old uh, videos and whatnot. And so all the funny things and all the amazing and the cool things he's done. So I won't do that. But I just wanted to talk about my excitement about the, the biopic that's supposed to come out with Jamie Foxx. We got Jamie Foxx uh, playing Mike Tyson in a biopic. I don't have much more to say than that. I just wanted to bring that up and say I'm really excited for this. When's it going to come out? <laughs> what a great podcast topic. <laughs> oh, my God. The next one's even worse. Damn. <laughs> the new Matrix movie. Because that's what we want. We want the woke Matrix. I've always been really excited about that. And the I guess the crazy thing is, back in the day, the Matrix was already definitely existed as part of the millennial movement, if you want to call it that, or definitely was swept into a degree, if you really want to retroactively look at it like that, it was swept into a degree into the PC movement of the 90s. At the time, I didn't see that, but I was already like a part of it. So so I just didn't see that. But that that is the truth. And, uh, you know, the 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 Vakovsky, to use the proper Polish pronunciation, the Vakovsky brothers became Vakovsky siblings. Excuse me. Because what what they're they're non-binary. They're whatever they are. They're doing what they're doing, man. It's great. And so they became are they sisters? Are they siblings? I don't know. Just don't cancel me. But maybe it'll for, be for the best. What are you going to do, man? But uh, like, man, like the whole Matrix movie, like, yeah, we got the fucking nine binary chick with the green hair. And the, uh, like, you know that they waited too long for this bullshit. I, I looked forward. I'm, I, I should be pissed off. I'm actually kind of irritated. Because the truth is, I waited for a Matrix sequel, the episode four, whatever you want to call it, for a long time. Didn't come. 
could have came. It could have been like uh, like Blade, like the Marvel's Blade movies with Wesley Snipes in its prime and shit. Like we could have had, we could have revisited that. I don't know why I thought of that, but that's true. And man, you know, it's just going to be some woke bullshit. It, it's really unfortunate. It really bumps me out. But uh, so like, I can't even look forward to it. I didn't even watch the trailer, like the whole thing. I saw snippets of it. Like I can't, I can't even do it, guys. I can't do it. I problematic. I'll tell you what. <laughs> it ain't it, it it's not problematic in terms of social justice, but it's problematic for me. <laughs> All right. I'm going to reappropriate the the problematic cuz cuz that's what I'm going to say is that sometimes shit just problematic for me. Right? Fuck your problematic. She could be problem there's lots of problematic things, but when I talk about problematic, it's what's problematic for me. Okay? And problematic is problematic for me. So we need to go ahead and <laughs> done no fam. Let's do some daggering. Yeah, bring that back. Bring that back. Bring back Jamia Khan's uh, jumping off of Werner ladders, you know, at 20 feet off the ground, jumping down and jumping into a full plank on a girl and breaking her whole pelvis. Yeah, daggering. <laughs> you know, bitches, people just jumping off the top, bro straight into a spinal injury that's what it is you know but uh you know sometimes i i wonder how my life might have been different if i went to private school my parents wanted to send me to private school and i didn't go and i had friends that went and certainly at western university i met a bunch of kids that also did that whole life were about that life and how would my life have been different well for one thing um, you know, par parents of, of private school kids got a rude awakening during the whole St. Michael's Majors scandal in which, you know, I don't, I don't need to necessarily review this for you people, but maybe I do. There were some kids, this is a very familiar scenario, I'm sure to, to a lot of people and to the public at large, some older kids accosted i just wanted to say that so bad <laughs> accosted uh so anyway some older kids in a, in a change room approached some younger students and there was some sort of an altercation an interaction maybe like a hazing ritual that involved broom handle sodomy and what i'm trying to say is that it, it was it was a shock. It was a shock to the parents, for sure. When they had to pick uh, little Colton up from school uh, and take him to the hospital. If, you know, some of the other students, there was also uh, Tanner and, and, uh, and Belton. <laughs> the other two students. The other two students. Uh, they had already they were already uh, expedited to the to the hospital by way of Amberlam, also known as an ambulance and so anyway the the, the kids from St. Mike's had to go to the hospital uh, because they had to have wood fibers plucked out of their colon which was very involved of a 
procedure. It took a lot of time and, and effort, and but they the doctors were good because the clients were rich. So they got better care, you know? And um, that's good because that's what you want. Um, you want health care to be entirely proportionate to the size of one's bank account. It's not only the best way to do it, it's the only way to do it. <laughs> right? And I mean, it's funny, that, that's actually not even uh, untrue because in Canada, yeah, we have single-payer health care, you know, we pay by taxpayers. And it, it's not, it certainly ain't bad. I prefer it, but it ain't that good. And then in the U.S., it's just, like we're both capitalist countries, obviously a little bit more socialist in Canada, but in the States, definitely a little bit more market-driven if you want to use that euphemism. <laughs> And yeah, healthcare is an interesting little microcosm, a little bit of a case study uh, just for society at large in the economy. Micro, macro, dicro, dacro. Fuck me. But yeah, St. Michael, Michael's Major is, is pretty crazy. You think like these parents were so proud. They paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to put their kids through this 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 storied Catholic institution known as St. Michael's School for Boys, co College School for Boys, or whatever moniker they they choose, you know. So, and the parents they put powder blue or St. Michael's blue or whatever shade of blue you want to name it. There's those bumper stickers, those decals with the M, with the St. Michael's M on them. St. Michael's Majors, the St. Michael's Majors. And they took that decal, that sticker, and these parents, they put it on the back windshield. They put it on the rear windshield. In pride, out of pride, family pride, personal pride, you made it. Your kids go to St. Mike's. You live in Toronto. You have two European high-end cars and a ski chalet and a cottage and a house in the metro area. You made it. You did it. But unfortunately, we still have to use tweezers to pull wood fibers out of your son's asshole. So as good as you thought it was going to get, it didn't get that good, you know. And me, I had a pretty shitty education, I'll be honest. I chose not to go to private school one way or the other. And I went to middle school. I went to a public school. It was Milne Valley Middle School. You know, most of the girls, by the time I was in grade 10, most of the girls that I knew from my graduating class were pregnant. That's the way it goes, you know. And yeah, so it wasn't a great education. We had this guy, Mr. Hurt, that he was a teacher that somehow was on his actual, <laughs> his actual responsibility was a security guard. <laughs> and he would just, when kids would just while out, he would be the guy to like literally, you want to talk about George Floyd, all this bullshit. I saw this years ago. Mr. Hurt would just have his knee, you know, into the guy's backs and like make them eat dirt and like, like their face to the ground, these kids, like kids, you know? 
and just to just to keep the peace, keep the order so that we could, you know, have some semblance of an educational environment, <laughs> which we evidently didn't have. And yeah, this was in the early 2000s when I was uh, doing this whole thing. You know, three grades, middle school, six, seven, eight. I had just moved from Whitby when I went there. And uh, I, I remember this whole thing. They would say, the, the que- I came from Whitby where I was going to a Catholic school in Whitby. And it was mostly white kids, a lot of Italian sort of Latin, not Latin, but like Latin kids. Uh, at this school and like maybe like two, three black kids. There was like five black kids in the whole school until grade six for me. And then, uh, yeah, I remember I moved and, and it was like, you know, a lot of rock music. Like at that point, what? This was in 2000, early 2000s, you know, so like punk rock and all the underground shit that that shit was all still quite big, you know, and th- th- there's a famous place in Oshawa, I believe it is. It's probably a fucking meth den now, but it was called uh, the Dungeon, and it was like the cool spot if you could go there. There are punk bands that play and shit. Now it's just where uh, Mad Child and Necro go to jerk themselves off in a dark corner. But I digress. And yeah, I moved to Toronto, and it was this whole thing about the, the this question. I got it. Just it was so off putting to me. It was so strange. They would just say. are you a rocker? Are you a rocker? And I remember hearing that and just thinking, are you a rocker? Where I had come from, the culture I had come from, that was that was an insane question because it was all sort of rock. The like, the very small like hip hop thing was frowned upon in the suburban sort of area that I had come from. And uh, so that was like its own thing. We would say, are you like, you know, a wigger, are you, uh, you know, are you like into rap or whatever? We thought that was kind of whack for a time. And it was really very rock driven. It was very rock driven, but it was all different types of rock. Like the thought that you would boil the music, that it, it represented a serious cultural dissonance that I was unprepared for at the time. And I was about 12 years old. I've been on a big nostalgia kick lately. I should probably calm the fuck down on this bullshit. Yeah, you know, nostalgia's not good. You always want to be looking forwards. You don't want to be looking back. I notice anytime I'm spinning my wheels, I tend to look back and take stock, which is like useful, but also takes away from your forward momentum, your progression. I think that momentum and progression generally on a personal level are very real factors and and you don't want them to be obstacles to one's success. That's for sure. Yeah, but that's why we work the shit out. That's why we do this. But man, I'm thinking the most, probably the most free place in spite of itself. And it's like a horrible cesspool that you probably would never want to go. But Florida, it's probably cool to go to Florida, man, because I could go there and I could be like the other white people there that wear yellow gold. Because I want to, I want to experience that because in my current environment, in my current milieu, I'll never get to experience what it's like to wear yellow gold in earnestness. That's the key. <laughs> in earnestness. It's one thing to wear yellow gold, you know, like some some next level fuckboy. But no, I'm talking about wearing yellow gold like seriously with intention, you know. <laughs> so, that's what I want. I want to wear yellow gold. I want to live in Florida, have no vaccine mandate, uh, and just wear yellow gold and live in the swamp and eat fried gator and um, shoot 
my current girlfriend's step-parents with a gun that's on my hip while I'm drunk. And it's all legal in Florida. So on that note, I'm going to shut it down for the uh, this time. Thank you very much to everyone that listened. And that's it for now. Uh, hopefully get this video bullshit out soon. And really get rolling on this shit. I got to be honest, the 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 learning curve and just in general, the, the sort of necessary output and the reality of being even a stand-up comic or any sort of personality in this day and age has proven frustrating and difficult to me. It makes me it makes me feel like neuroplasticity is really something that might be limiting me. But that's also a cop out because you can always just figure it out. But I think that neuroplasticity idea has actually been kind of interesting to me lately because I feel myself way less receptive to picking different skills up and learning things on the fly. Like I can still learn things, but on the fly, it seems way more challenging. And this is now I'm in my 30s and I want to fight this because I want to stay young somehow. But anyway, dates. Um, Yeah, the only date I got right now is today, which is tomorrow, which is right now. And it's cheap Friday comedy, $8. Come on down to the junction. All right. Come see me, Cheap Friday Comedy at Toronto Style Bar. Much love. God bless. This has been Tittle Time.